But anyway, our, our whole atmosphere of this month is going to be how we need to be thankful for what we have. And Levi shared with you uh, three things that he was thankful for last week. And so I think I should in turn give you three things that I'm thankful for. But it just happened to be the same three things that he was thankful for. So I'm thankful, first of all, for my church family, for you. We've been here 15, going on 16 years now, and you all have just uh, welcomed us with open arms. We feel like we're a part of the family here, and so we are really thankful for each and every person uh, here uh, in the local congregation. And so you are valuable to, to each and every one of us. I'm also thankful for my family, my physical family. Shirley has put up with me now. It's going to be 30 years next year. So we've been together a lot longer than we've been apart. I think we started dating when we was, I don't know, 16, 17 years old. I was praying to God one day. I said, God, I'm an old man. I'm 16 years old, and I haven't had a girlfriend yet. Well, about a month later, this old guy comes walking in, and he's got six girls walking in behind him. And so I picked the best out of those six, and that was Shirley. But she has five sisters and two brothers. And so uh, her dad walked in the church and had all these girls falling in behind him. And so I picked Shirley out of those six. But that was almost 30-some years ago, 34 years ago. And so I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for Jessica and for Douglas. And then uh, Braxton, little four-year-old Braxton. Uh, we sang All Fly Away this morning for him. But he was sick and couldn't be here. But he sings that song all the time at home, All Fly Away. And so that was for him this morning, but he wasn't here to enjoy it. And then the third thing I'm thankful for, I'm also thankful for Levi coming here. And so hopefully you are as well. He's been here about a year, a little over a year. And so it's been good to watch him grow. And as he said last week, we have what we call preacher's meetings. And so we do those on Wednesdays about 5 or 5.30. We get together and we sit down in my office and we talk about you guys for an hour or so. No, we don't do that. But we talk about the things that we would like to see accomplished here in the church. And we say, you know, we talk about the, uh, the different sermon ideas that we have. As I mentioned before, last year we planned every single sermon out for the whole entire year back in January. And we're working on doing that now. And then the last part of our uh, preacher's meeting, we actually pray for you guys. And so it's awesome to think that your name was brought before God at some point in one of our meetings the last several months. And so that's, a, that's an amazing thing when you think of it, that God has heard your name. And God listens to our prayers. And so I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that Levi came. And I could probably mention 20 other things that I'm thankful for. And so I would suggest, <coughs> I would suggest maybe before you uh, carve that big old turkey this year, before you jump headfirst into the gravy, maybe take five minutes as a family and just sit around the table and say, hey, I'm thankful for this or that. Because sometimes, as we're going to see, we oftentimes are not thankful enough, are we? Especially in America that we live in, we have not third world problems, we have first world problems. Every single one of us has got a cell phone, we drive a $30,000 car, we have a $100,000 house, 
We have first world problems. We don't have any idea what it's like to be hungry or to be thirsty or to have a need. We don't understand that. But yet, are we really thankful for it? I hope that we are. And so we're going to begin in Deuteronomy chapter 6 this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 10. And this is God basically telling his people, you're not thankful anymore for what I did for you. And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, <coughs> excuse me, in verse number 10, Deuteronomy 6.10, God was talking to his people. He says, so it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you do not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewing out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. From the house of bondage. God basically said, I took care of you. I gave you houses that you didn't build. I furnished those houses with things you didn't have. I gave you wells that you did not dig. I gave you vineyards and olive trees that you didn't plant. I did all those things for you. But yet you forgot about who did that. And that's the opposite of being thankful, isn't it? That's being ungrateful. That's being uh, the opposite of what God really wants us to be. And so we need to remember as Christians and as people that live in America, all the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. I don't mean to embarrass Nina or Nina today, but Nina is here. She is an African immigrant. And she told me two or three weeks ago, and she was so proud of this, that she passed a citizenship test to become a citizen of the United States of America. We take that for granted, don't we? I was born as an American. I've been an American for 50 years now. I have no idea what it's like to live in a country that's not called America. I went over to visit Canada for a couple hours and I was scared to death that maybe somehow I wouldn't be able to get back. I might answer a question wrong or something, and they'll say, okay, sir, you take your car and you go this direction, and I'll never be seen again. I was nervous because I was in a place called Canada, and it wasn't the United States of America. Man, we take so much stuff for granted, but God said you need to be thankful. Romans chapter 1. <clears throat> I don't know how far I'm going to get with this because my... Voice is really getting thin. Maybe Bill can come up and finish for me if I... Bill can uh, clean up. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 21. <clears throat> if you read the book or the first chapter of Romans, 
especially right here in the middle part. It's God basically saying there are people that have forgotten about me. They have actually turned uh, their lust towards each other. Uh, talk about homosexuality and, and different things like that. But in verse 21, he says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. They knew God, but they did not worship him. They did not glorify him as being God. And one of the reasons why is because they were unthankful. So there's some points that we'd like to make note of this morning of things that we need to be thankful for. First of all, we just simply need to be thankful. In Ephesians chapter 5, <coughs> Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to see a man named Paul. And Paul was thankful even in the difficult times. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 4. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4. <clears throat> Let's just go back and read verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor chorus jesting, which are not fitting, but, Paul says, rather give thanks. Don't have all these things in your life, fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, a foolish talk, do away with all that. But one thing that you should be doing is giving thanks to God. Verse number 20, he says about the same thing. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Two different times in this one chapter, Paul says, we need to give thanks. You know where Paul was when he wrote the book of Ephesians? He was in jail. He was in prison. And it wasn't Shelby County Jail where they got basketball courts and libraries and you can get your GED and your become a lawyer in jail if you want. I don't think Paul would have been in a place like that. They was typically in a dungeon. They was typically chained to either a guard or chained to the wall. And if you ate... It was because someone, a family member or someone that knew you, brought you food. Otherwise, you did not eat. You just simply were chained to the wall until you started. But Paul tells us we need to give thanks. There's four different books that Paul wrote while he was in prison. Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. And just take a gander at some of those sometimes and see how many times Paul gives us the idea that we need to be thankful. I got a good idea about those four books and we're hoping to do that next year uh, to have sermons about those four books. But those were the books that Paul wrote while he was in prison. But yet he tells his writers or his, his, his readers, give thanks, be thankful for what you have. 
The second thing that we ought to consider this morning is that we should never forget the benefits that God has given to us. Go back with me to Psalm chapter 103, and we'll be here for the majority of the time this morning because Psalm 103 is just a powerful uh, psalm. Remember, the book of Psalm was just simply their song book. These were all written to music, and they would sing these as ways of praising God. And so Psalm 103 <clears throat> and you can just imagine them singing this. David wrote this particular one, and you can just imagine David playing his harp and singing these songs of praise to God. But in verse 1, David says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. We have a lot of benefits, don't we? As Christians, we have benefits that the non-Christian does not possess. For example, as a Christian, I have the ability to have my sins forgiven and washed away. As a Christian, I have the benefit of having the Holy Spirit living and dwelling and working in my life. As a Christian, I enjoy the fellowship that we had with each other. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, they were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Those are benefits that we have as Christians that the non-Christian doesn't have. But I think the biggest benefit that we have is hope. Don't you? Because there's not a non-Christian out there that has the hope that we have. That's why they have to turn to a bottle. That's why they have to turn to a needle. That's why they have to turn to a, something that they can smoke to try to get their mind off where, uh, where they are in their life. But we don't have to do those things because we have the hope of eternity through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I say, praise the Lord. What a great benefit that we enjoy as Christians is to have the hope of eternal life. But we enjoy benefits just as humans. We enjoy the benefit of eating food, for example. And we're going to have that here in a couple of weeks, right? We have Thanksgiving. And does anybody here lack food on Thanksgiving? I didn't think so. I'm pretty content with a piece of ham and a lemon meringue pie. You just give me those two things. Leave me alone. I want to go watch a football game. And just give me those two things. I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. I'm, I'm good to go. You can almost have the turkey. You can almost have, you can have the cranberry sauce. Yuck. Take that and get rid of it. But man, we are blessed, aren't we? Again, we have the ability as Americans to enjoy things like this. And so God has blessed us as a country. God has blessed us as a nation. And God has blessed us as a people. But as we see here in verse number two, <coughs> is that we can be thankful for God's forgiveness. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. We can be thankful, and I know I am thankful, for the forgiveness that God provides me and you. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 comes to mind. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And again, I say praise the Lord. We enjoy the benefits of God's forgiveness. But you know what? Oftentimes, God's forgiveness is a lot different than our forgiveness. Because when I forgive somebody, I forgive them for right now, that whenever I can use that to my benefit, I'll remind them of what they did to me. We do that, don't we? You remember back 34 years ago when you said that you couldn't stand to look at my face? Well, now we're going to get even. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that? Aren't you glad that God doesn't have a big tally board up in heaven with Brent Wright written on it? And every time I do something wrong, he puts a check mark or a little slash mark on there. Aren't you glad he doesn't do that? Because he tells us here in verse number 10, if we just drop down a little bit, verse 10 uh, through verse 12, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. We deserve a lot more than what we get, don't we? As I mentioned back in our Sunday school class, I deserve to go to hell. Because of my sins have separated me from God. But I am so thankful that God forgave me of my sins. In verse 11, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You see, when God forgives me, God remembers them no more. The times that I have hurt God, and I do that when I sin against him. The times that I hurt God, the times that I have disappointed God, and I ask him to forgive me, God remembers that no more. It's interesting to me. He says, as far as the east is from the west. And I've worked this out of my mind. It may be totally wrong. But you can keep walking east. And you'll never go west. But he did not say as far as the north is from the south. He didn't say that, did he? Because you can walk north and you get to the north pole. And as soon as you start there, you're going south. You keep going south till you get down to the south pole. And as soon as you cross the south pole, you're going north. He said as far as the east is from the west, I have removed your transgressions. You can keep walking east and you'll never get west. That's what God does for us. Again, when God forgives Brent of his sins, God never brings them up again. And again, I say, praise the Lord. The fourth thing this morning, we can thank God for his redemption. In verse number four of Psalm 103, in verse four, says, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He has redeemed our life 
from destruction. That word redeemed just simply means to buy back, doesn't it? And I always use the illustration of me as a kid when we had those Pepsi bottles, the glass bottles, and they were worth like, I don't know, five cents each or something. And we would, you know, wait till we get several of them stacked up. Then we would take them up to Kroger. And it was my job as that young, strapping five-year-old boy to carry those pop bottles over to this redeeming area like a big, long conveyor. And we could just push those things back to the very back. And they'd write you out a little ticket. You had 35 bottles times five cents, whatever that is. And they would give you that. They would redeem them. They would buy those bottles back from us. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. He redeemed us. He, he bought us back from the devil, if you will. He bought us back from a life of sin. And Jesus redeemed us by the shedding of his blood on the cross of Calvary. But we can see here going down to verse number 8 of Psalm 103. <clears throat> it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He says in verse 8, The Lord is merciful, he is gracious, he is slow to anger, and he abounds in mercy. I'm glad that God has those four characteristics when it comes to me. Sometimes I'm a little bit stubborn. I don't know about you. That might be just a preacher's thing. But sometimes I'm a little bit stubborn. Sometimes I'm a little bit bullheaded. But I'm glad that God showed his mercy on me. I am glad that God showed his loving tenderness to me. Then our last one this morning. We need to give thanks for God's satisfaction. Psalm 103 and verse number 5 says, Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. God satisfies us with good things. And again, I'm sure that's talking physical things, but I'm definitely sure it's talking about spiritual things. God takes care of his people. No matter what may arise, no matter what may take place, God will take care of us. God understands us. After all, he made us. We are made in his image. We oftentimes think that we're the only ones. We're the Lone Ranger. This has never happened to anybody else but me. But God understands us, doesn't he? God made us. God made us in his image. It reminds me of a verse back in Isaiah chapter 40, and we'll close with this. Because God gives us strength, God renews our spirit, and he does that on a daily basis. In Isaiah chapter 40, in verse number 29, <clears throat> it says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's what God does for us. Yes, we need to be thankful. Oftentimes we're not. 
that we need to be thankful. There are several times in Scripture, I never really sat down and counted this, but there are several times that the Bible says Jesus gave thanks. It was oftentimes before he was going to eat a meal, but there are several times, I would say four, five, or six times, the Bible says Jesus gave thanks. When his apostles asked Jesus, Jesus teaches how to pray. Jesus, in that model prayer, taught them that they need to give thanks. And man, I think we ought to really take a lesson from Jesus, learn from his example that we need to give thanks in every situation.